There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Falling Pieces. I'm Sean Fangirlass. A podcast dedicated to the NBC series Debris. I'm Steve. Exclusively on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Terry. Well, we do have some ratings news to give you. Episode 1 brought in a three, a 4.374 million viewers with a 0.59 rating in adults 18 to 49. There you go. And episode 2 had our normal drop to 3.35 million viewers with a 0.36 rating for adults 18 to 49. Ah, oh, crap. I'm surprised it <laughs> dropped because there seemed to be way more people talking about it yes yeah twitter was definitely a lot more active but of course they're also going to have to count all the peacock views and Uh, other streaming views that you know it's these ratings are almost becoming worthless now because of the way people consume their entertainment. Yep. That's true. Ah, the good old days. Yes. <laughs> when, <laughs> They're gone. When, when if you missed an episode, you missed an episode. You had to wait till the summer for the rerun. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Those were the days. That's so re- did reruns. Come on. Half the yeah. Like, I've never seen the show. Well, I think Steve and I remember they did reruns. It's just yep. you, had, you had to wait and people would make plans to be home to watch their shows. <laughs> yep. You we know, watch our stories. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially like on a Thursday, Friday or a Saturday, because Fridays, I think, were bigger way back in the day. Even the pod dog agrees. And he's not even that old. She's not even that old. Um, back in the day, you, you'd have people that would specifically say, I got to get stuff done so I can get home to watch such and such. And they'd make that's how uh, Frozen uh, the 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 TV dinner came about. Right. People actually planned to be home. So I think Steve's right. Yeah. The um, I remember on a previous podcast I was on for Fringe, following the pattern. We had that discussion several times uh, about how they compile ratings, and that was before they really started compiling like uh, broadcast plus seven. You know, you really didn't hear that then. So right. Yeah, it's screwy. It's really weird. We live in weird times. So speaking. Speaking of weird times, uh, we are recapping season one, episode two. I have one in my notes. What the heck did I do? Uh, you are not alone. 
Comforting or scary? You pick. So uh, speaking of weird, let's go to our first group of pieces. And we find ourselves beginning in a deserted town. Nice shot of just an empty street. We find out later in the first segment that there was an evacuation order. That's why the town's deserted. And we see um, all kinds of big metal things like a police car, uh, shopping carts, a big chain, gas tanks, all kinds of stuff. We just see him like slowly sliding down the street. And there's a man who we see at the end of a shot who's watching all of that kind of perplexed. I thought he had something to do with it. I was just thinking the aliens were trying to recycle and make a couple bucks. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I thought that was neat. And the police car was even on its side and it was getting dragged along. Uh, Not even the benefit of using the wheels. Um, you know, which would have been easier. So, um, then we see, uh, Brian and Finola actually having a, a, a light moment, which I rather enjoyed seeing the two of them have. And one of the things he's talking about is a car, which was an old Cadillac called the Fleetwood Brougham, which I remember, uh, didn't oh, yeah. have, it didn't, I didn't have one, but we didn't have one, but I remember them. Yep. And, uh, and, uh, the big popular candy peeps. Which, Only in the Northeast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> big what? shout out. Wait, people don't know about peeps everywhere? No. no really? No. Yeah. I, I mean, I knew she didn't, but she was from the UK. Yeah. No, no. Not everybody just, does. All right. Yeah. I, I find it hard to believe because I feel like there's hate for peeps all over the country. You can't tell me. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but there's, a lot, there's a lot of peep love going around too, so. Oh, yeah. you mean like the heavy peep love in the Northeast? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Because, like, I hear people say how much they hate peeps. (laughs) Yeah, to me, they're just too sweet. I mean, I can't eat them now anyway, but to me, they're just too sweet. It's just, why not just get a spoon of sugar? Yeah. You know. They're okay once in a while. And I agree with him. I agree with him because he talks about, first of all, he gave a shout out to Pennsylvania, the state next to mine. So, yay, Pennsylvania. Uh, But he also said that there are people who believe, well, he even said they're like crack. (laughs) <laughs> the real yeah. fans. And he said people believe, and he included himself, that they're better if you let them sit out and get a little stale. I actually, when I've had them, I agree with that. <laughs> I thought the person who told me that was like off their rocker. You know, right. it's like, you really don't like me, so you want to have a, want me to have a stale candy, don't you? <laughs> and uh, they said, no, just, you know, open it up, let it sit for a while. And then we came back and had one. I was like, well, oh, crap, that's really good. <laughs> so it was nice to see the two of them have a nice light moment. I, I actually enjoyed that. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily call it warming up, but at least uh, the hint of the two of them kind of warming up, at least easing a bit around each other. And then uh, it turns out that all the metal objects... Uh, we see one wide shot. There's one big section uh, in a field or grassy area or whatever. It looks like the metal objects are actually building up in a line, you know, and I thought this would be a good commercial for 1-800-GOT-JUNK if you <laughs> wanted to throw it out. You know, maybe the aliens work for 1-800-GOT-JUNK, <clears throat> you know, so and that was a big wa- a pile that they had there, too. It was like, damn. Um, so then we get back to Brian's uh, creepy boss. Mr. Personality, uh, um, and his name's Craig. I don't think I mentioned it last week. His name's Craig, who seems secretive, no kidding. 
uh, and he's talking uh, with this higher up about uh, George Jones still being alive. I you know, like this guy, uh, Brian's boss. Yes. He's very, you know, for being, you know, like something's going on behind Brian's back. Uh, he, he's kind of um, kind of distasteful in his secretiveness. You know, there, there's ways to play it. I, he just he kind of rubs me the wrong way. There's no doubt about that. Both of them are just the higher ups are not going to be able to be trusted. Well, at least Finola's boss doesn't seem like she's got a two by four stuck where it's going to be hard to find pants. <laughs> um, well, he does. I don't know. I don't well, know. I mean, yeah, she's a I mean, she's a stiff upper lip, too, because she's high up in MI6. But I'm just saying he comes off. Uh, she comes off very. Um, it, I got to watch my P's and Q's, too. But very, you know, matter of fact, business like let's just get to the business at hand kind of a thing and he seems like i don't want to tell you even what i had for breakfast he is playing just everything real close to the vest is how i'm very i'm seeing it yeah very so brian needs to not act like his boss is basically yes please what i'm thinking and then he won't feel bad because later on he just every time you kept looking at finola you just kept feeling like he was gonna burst you know like i gotta tell you something yeah, because he's carrying that don't tell her thing around you. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Come on, Brian. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the conversation that Brian's having with this other higher up, you know, uh, how's this, you know, how's this happening? George Jones has died. Uh, you know, what's going on here? And Craig is saying, you know, they're kind of looking into it. So he's kind of giving the same cold shoulder to this higher up as he is to the guy he's over, Brian. So, you know, there's um, if they if they get to it, there's some potential of some good sneaky behind the scenes stuff, you know, that we could get into. But I just don't care for Craig. I don't think yeah. anybody does. No. Yeah. And the CIA guy he was talking to seemed just as swarmy as Craig yeah. does. Yeah. I mean, the obvious. Oh, compared- yeah. Yeah. I mean, I the obvious. Com- oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say especially, though, when the other guy, you know, is like, as far as I'm concerned, you're on a trip. It's like, oh, so you're lying to your boss and you're letting this guy do whatever he wants. I feel like that's really a bad idea. Right. He's going to throw you under the bus at the first chance. Yeah, he even yep. says to him at the end of the conversation, this is your thing. This is your detail or your uh, division. That's what it was. This is your division. You know. Yeah, the like- thing that bothered me the most about Craig in this whole scene was he does mention that he may have to get his hands dirty. That can't and I thought good. to myself, dirty? They're filthy already, buddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Talk about reaching into the bowl. Yeah, he's yeah, they're dirty. Yep. All the way up to uh, his elbow currently. Yes. <laughs> and we're only two episodes into the series. In. So <laughs> So uh then we go back to Brian Finola and they interrogate the man who was watching all of this stuff going down. Turns out his name is Eric. Uh couldn't recall a last name and he is very clearly upset. And one of the things he talks about is, you know, uh, have to figure out something or have to get to something. And uh, some of the people from 
uh, Orbital's team kind of come by and Brian tells him, you know, keep an eye on him. But he's really agitated, uh, more so than we than we first saw him when he was just watching the stuff going down the street. Uh, and I think that might be because he was surprised because Brian was surprised seeing his reflection in that little uh, bike mirror, you know, looking behind him. And I think he kind of caught Craig uh, or Eric uh, off guard. So. Right. And then uh, the last piece of this first uh, section is that the satellite images are coming through and they're showing that the metal objects are beginning to form a circle around the town. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Fanola's this like, can't be good. Fanola's like, keep people out. And I'm sitting there going, will somebody say the other half or to keep people <laughs> in? Yes. I uh, think nobody everybody said on it. the internet said that. Yeah. I was yep. like, I say tweeted the other it. line. Did you? <laughs> yep. I was like, come on, Brian, say the other line. <laughs> so, yeah, the big takeaway, I think, from this first section is definitely that Craig and everybody in the upper management of the government really can't be trusted. And I do think that before this series is over with, both Brian and Fanola will come to the realization that if they're going to survive this, they've got to trust each other because they're the only ones that are going to have each other's back. Yeah, they're only, I think, Fanola's boss notes to Craig um, that they're seven months into, I think that was later in the episode, they're seven months into this relationship. Right. Um, you know, and the opening lines that you see across the screen saying it was six months prior that uh, debris started falling to the earth. So, you know, they try to get a jump on it, I guess, when you first saw the impact. And then that'd be the first month. And then the next six making seven is since the pieces started falling. So, yeah, I get and, and I think they're um, and I hope there's a payoff for it. I think there will be. They're setting up very early this distrust factor um, very clearly. And I like there's like a, a on the American side, there's like that double level, not just the mistrust of MI6, but um, if not mistrust, although Brian might get that later, you know, within the FBI itself, you know, between Craig and Brian at some point. So it's interesting how they're kind of folding all these pieces in together. Hmm. Like a parfait. Well, you were talking about their relationship and how how uh, they've been doing this for a while. Now, I don't think they've been doing it together for a while because no, we have Fanola so. opening up about her relationship, about her father and her sister, which mm -hmm. I thought was interesting because, I mean, we've only had one episode, so no, we're not going to know everything, but it's like, oh, she's dealing with her sister who apparently, I don't know if she is borderline addict or if she is just one of those people who go out and party a lot, but not to the point where she's so over the top she needs to be in rehab. Mm -hmm. Although, when we do see her later, I kind of think maybe she did need to be in rehab, personally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she's sharing, like, all these intimate details, you know, her sister and her are having a hard time. They, they never really got along. Now they have to deal with her father's estate. And then Brian just casually mentions, when was the last time you saw your dad? It's like, hmm. You know, if she wasn't all caught up in her head right now, she'd probably have been like, why are you so interested? Yep. But instead, she says, I sat with him for, what did she say, like seven hours after he died, like in the morgue something or something. Like it's like a yeah. crazy amount. And yeah. so Brian, you seen the look on his face, like, wait a second, how is that possible? And then what my boss told me, this doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. yep. But personally, I thought he started looking really guilty, especially when she says that my doc, my doctor, my dad had... <laughs> 
I'm thinking of Doctor Who. My dad had texted me, but I didn't know he was already dead at that point. And, well, what did it say? It's like, well, it was a suicide note. You were not alone. Yep. And just hearing that and then seeing his face, like, he looked a little, I don't want to say shook up, but it just seemed like he was really struck by that. Like, he didn't know how to respond. But then again, how do you ever respond to to something like that, right? Yes. Well, don't forget last week, I mean, he finds out uh, that uh, Craig has seen George Jones on the airport security camera at the very end of the episode, and he's like, wait a minute, how's that? That can't be. And so now she's filling in more of her side of the story, and that she she sat with him, and that his last thing was a suicide note, you know, and uh, I was like, and I'm sure that's adding to his guilt, having to keep quiet, you know. Which makes... The next point here in our story, all the more head scratching. Uh-oh. Because our little group of two ends up seeing Eric again, out of custody, but bloody and even more crazy. Yeah. As he's like breaking the window of a car because he keeps saying, I have to go. I have to find it. I have to do it. They forced my hand. It's like, whoa, whoa, what is going on? That's not how you call an Uber. No. <laughs> <laughs> So he takes off running and they chase him. And I'm thinking, okay, it's never good to split up anywhere, especially in these kind of shows. <laughs> and yeah. They split up in the warehouse and Brian goes outside and Fanola goes around a corner and finds Eric, like, crouched down. And I love it because she's like, er- or Brian, I found Eric. And he's like, what? Because so did I. It's like, <laughs> what is happening? I'm like, triplets clones weird alien stuff happening <laughs> scratching my head wait did somebody say clone no <laughs> the orphan black show that we didn't oh, know was the spinoff yeah. that's happening right now no. <laughs> this is the orphan black spinoff right <laughs> and it's just going to be called the erics the um, so we have the erics being questioned we have the bloodied shirt one we have the kind of chill one and then we have the original one that was found. It's like, all right, this is weird. What's going to happen? And I almost felt like, oh, it's like Gremlins. He's going to keep popping him out of his back or something like a Mogwai. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird because the one's like, I have to find my own identity. And the other one's like, did you find the ball of light? It's like, oh, great. We're talking about bright light. What could this mean? Don't go into the light. (laughs) Don't feed them after midnight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get them wet. Then we get another interesting little fact from uh, satellite imagery that, hey, guys, that circle I talked about earlier, it's not just a circle. It's a perfect mathematical circle. Mm-hmm. And guess whose address is in the middle? Oh, okay, Eric, what are you Dun-dun. doing? And I just kept thinking, and I did actually tweet this because I'm a nerd, I'm like, a perfect circle without a compass. Well done, <laughs> debris thingies. <laughs> Because <laughs> nice. I don't think I even got him right with with a compass. I swear yeah, me neither. Huge hole in the paper and turned yeah. it. That's about it. Yep. And I'm saying this. And there's probably people going, "What's a compass?" It's like, Ugh. I know. <laughs> Never mind. It's right next to the abacus. Just look right. in the closet <laughs> and the square and the square. There you go. <laughs> 
There you go. Now, did you guys think it was interesting that, you know, not only do we have three Eric's, but they all seem to be saying something completely different. It's and like attitudes were different. Right. So it kind of made me think, man, did this guy get split up? You know, because we saw that last week that grief was the overwhelming emotional thing that caused this. And you got to figure, okay, what, what emotional thing could cause Eric to split into three different people. I and we do find out that... And I don't know if it was now or later. I'm like, is this going to be a weird, like, five stages of grief thing? Because he's right. yeah. mentioning yes. a woman. <laughs> right. His yeah, Dr. Dr. Kubler-Ross. Yeah. That's <laughs> so I think what we're seeing with him is he's in a mental state where, yeah, he had just gotten a job that was going to require him to move to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And he's got this girl that he's really in love with and there's just so many things going on in his head that maybe the debris couldn't handle it all and said no i'm gonna deal with them separately and split him into three that's a lot of work that's a lot of work (laughs) not for the debris oh okay But they all, even though they had different demeanors, they all had the idea of something to do. Right. You know, the a couple of them were very uh, different degrees of manic about it, but they all had a task or something to do or get to or something. You know, they all had a, a, a direction or a, a goal to get to. So that was the one constant. But yeah, they were all different shades of personality. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I think everybody can identify with having times in their life where, yeah, your mind is just Mm -hmm. going 90 miles an hour because of having to make decisions on multiple items because of some life change. And that's that's really... five years for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Last couple of years for me, too. Yes, sir. That's right. (laughs) You know, so yeah, it it gets tough sometimes when you're having to deal with multiple issues all at the same time and your brain just don't know which way to turn sometimes. And I really think that that's what we're seeing with Eric in this episode. And to me, it made sense that, yeah, they'd split him apart and let each one of them try to deal with that one part. (laughs) I think that before you move on with your section, Steve, I think the one thing is that grief again plays a role. Um, But the one, this might be kind of splitting hairs here, going for a stretch, but you're still dealing with grief in terms of people. Last week, it was the boy reappearing, the dead boy, and then you had all these different people that he was getting to go with him in a car. Here, now they take the one person and they clone him. You know, so it's just another way of... Uh, even though the boy didn't have the people having different stages of the mom's grief, you know, he went through the same speech over and over again. But, uh, yeah, it's the, the debris seems to hone in at least these first two episodes on that emotion. Um, and that's how they deal with it, uh, kind of more so in this episode, uh, compartmentalizing of stuff. Yeah. Right. Yep. So yes. as we move on into our next section, <laughs> we get the bosses. 
having their meeting, which is supposed to be just <laughs> private MI6 and <laughs> Craig. But nope, we see MI6 and she's got a table table of people around her. Yeah. I missed that she had people around her. Yes. Yeah. I and thought she was being honest. Yeah, I, I must have looked down doing a tweet and missed right. the people around her. Yeah. Yep. And of course, Craig's basically got the same thing Which going we didn't on. Know until later. Yeah. And they discussed the two men from last week and Mr. Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we more she and you know she stresses cooperation and shares sen- sensitive info, being that our two foreign um, SAS people are actually part of a group called Influx. I had that once after eating Taco Bell. <laughs> I think that's reflux. Oh, okay. How are these people? Oh, we're a secret agency, but we have a name. Right? They aren't yeah. that secret. Obviously. No. Yeah. Well, it, they, you know, bad people like to pat themselves on the back. Oh, let's give ourselves a name. Right. I guess. Absolutely. Yep. And we go back to the site where they go check out Eric's house and discover that it was hit by a chunk of debris. So at least they found the debris. And Finola determines that it must have hit while Eric was in the car, or he tried to get in the car after being hit, because we do see blood inside the house. I think he was probably in the basement or the bottom floor of the house or something. Right. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, because the blood splatter we end up seeing coming up the stairs. Yeah, that's right. true. And then we see the next, later on in the episode, the blood in the garage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so they figure that what they've encountered, all three of the Eric's are actually clones and that the real one must be hurt and is missing. Great. Because Fanola finds another Eric. And then we get to have a face-off between Brian and Brian. That and you go, yes, how the hell did that happen? That was trippy. Oof. 2001 A Space Odyssey much? Yeah. And yeah. it was pretty awesome that Brian didn't freeze and was able to shoot first. Yeah. It very well could have uh, gone the other way, because I know if it had been me, I'd probably been in a state of shock for a couple seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He didn't hesitate, which no. kind of worries me, just saying that. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought it was really curious how we hear this noise, and then things start popping up. You know, first we get the other Eric, then we get Brian, and then we get a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. And you go, I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Are we uh, mass producing uh, clones here? Yes. And you'd kind of think that if it was really going, you know, sensing emotional stress, you know, from what we heard from Panola and earlier in the episode dealing with her dad and her sister, that it would have been her that got cloned. Mm-hmm. But no, it's Eric, which yeah. does prove that he's hiding something major in his life. Yeah, yeah. And we got Fanola, Fanola just trying to build a relationship with him by, you know, giving him some background. You know, this is what's going on in my life. And all we get out of Brian is Pennsylvania. And <laughs> you know, you're a big uh, a word of, yeah, big uh, debt of thanks to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
You know, the thing that got me was um, it didn't hit me right away. I was just shocked like uh, Brian was in the moment of seeing another Brian was if if Eric is being cloned and the the the, the centerpiece of all this happening is his grief. And now we see a clone of Brian. You know, what's his grief? To me, he feels guilty about keeping that information about Fanola's dad from her. That's right. not necessarily and something else in the past. Something as well. else is going on. And I think we see later on something he gets uh, might feed into why that other clone appeared. Um, something he takes from his clone. So we'll get to that. Right. Yeah. And then we get the phone call between Finola's sister and her. And like Sean said, I know I tweeted that uh, this girl's just a little sketchy to me. Because, you know, we see the drug dealer-ish boyfriend and just she was very standoffish to her sister, not wanting to say anything. Now, I don't know if that was because the boyfriend or the dealer was there or I if think it that was, was it. Yeah. It could be. I See, mean, I yeah, was they're... questioning that because when she's like, if I call you later, will you answer? And she kind of looks back at him. Right. And I'm like, oh, is does she know something about him? And maybe I don't think so. I think. By two. I think yeah. she looked at it. I kind of, it could be. Uh, I kind of thought it was, and that was why she walked, got her coat and didn't do any of the stuff that, you know, any of the lines that he was setting up because she wanted to keep herself straight for when the call comes, uh, for some reason. I think she kind of looked at him and knew that if I stuck around and sat down on this couch and started snorting with this guy, I'm going to be so out of it that I probably won't pick up the phone when I just told her or I'm about to tell her, yeah, I'll be here if you call. Right. So I think that's that was her impetus to when she hung up, get her coat and leave instead of use. So So, that was a tense call. And 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 the whole dynamic about uh, how Fanola is trying to get across to to Didi that you know this this was the dad's doing, and she didn't want to attribute that to to their dad. And Fanola is trying to basically try to talk sense. So obviously they're both dealing with grief. Finola is seems to be dealing with it more straightforwardly. Uh, D kind of wants to, you know, not see what is. Yeah, medicate so, and medicate to avoid. Absolutely. Right, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. She's yep. definitely in denial. That's her and, mode of dealing. Yeah. With. Yep. yep. Well, Brian finds a picture of a woman in the pocket of his clone who seems to know who it is. Uh huh. And that's got to be the girlfriend. I think so. Yeah. Could be a sister, but she didn't really, you know, um, I, I, I kind of thought girlfriend. Yeah. Well, one of the clones actually mentions the woman that he loves and yeah. broke up with. And so, yeah, I'm sure that that's, we're getting also into what's most important in your heart. Yep. And for Eric, it was her. And so, and if this isn't Brian's main motivation, it's probably one of them, or it's at least a big, not thorn in his side, but baggage to carry this woman, whoever she is. Right. Uh, Because when, you know, he gets it off his clone. I found it interesting that he went to reach into that pocket to get it. That tells me that he probably carries it in the same pocket. Could be. You know, because why didn't they why didn't they show him searching all the pockets to see if there was something that would give them a clue about this clone? He go, It looks like he just, you know, he's standing there staring at the clone lying there. And it seems like he only reaches into one pocket and he just pulls this picture yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, which would make sense if you're clone, you're going to have some similar qualities. So, yeah. So, uh, let's get into uh, Eric's home because they do a lot of searching of the site and his home. And it turns out that the real Eric, Eric original, Eric OG, uh, his car was in his garage because the blood that we had seen in that basement or lower area and up the steps, there were more puddles of it in the garage. And uh, the car was there, Brian can tell from the ground, uh, with that blood puddles on there. Um, so then they get the idea that the then the car and obviously the original Eric must still be around. So if all the big metal things are being sucked into this circle, go to the circle. Yep. And uh, search that. So they start searching this circle pile for the car because they think that, you know, the real Eric was trying to get away and he must be in there. Well, they find the car and yes, Eric is inside. So uh, kudos to, uh, to, to Jonathan climbing that pile. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's constantly moving. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder how many times they had to rehearse where to put his feet, you know, or did they rehearse? He just, you know, like, I bet they did. Yeah. I uh, bet it was choreographed just like a fight scene. Yeah. It was really neat. So he actually breaks the window to get in the car to get Eric, which I guess looked like the car was in a funky kind of upside down or whatever position. So then uh, with the machine that the orbital team had on, which seemed to start all of these uh, melded clones just kind of popping out of the sky, bloop, bloop, bloop. Uh, popping into the ground. Then all of a sudden, uh, this bright light shock wave starts passing through the circle, kind of like uh, it's uh, like a crowd in a stadium doing the wave, like a giant uh, collider. <laughs> Colli- oh, yeah, right. oh, yes. I like that. Yeah, yeah, CERN. I like that. Ooh, ooh, you just tickled my uh, try to act intelligent button right there. I like that. <laughs> so um, it passes through the circle, and as it's doing that, now all of a sudden, everything that's in the circle is getting compacted. And that, of course, means that the car that Eric and Brian are in is getting compacted, <laughs> which means if it keeps getting compacted, bye-bye, Eric, and bye-bye, Brian. Yeah. So Finola's like on the communicator telling the team in the house, you know, shut it off, you know, and they're like, we, we can only shut it off at a certain a certain way. Uh, so a little tension there is that wave just kept going round and round through the um, circle. Finally, they get the equipment to shut down and the shockwave stops. And we see that finally, Eric and Brian are saved. They're okay. You know, and I love the line um, before Brian walks off where Eric asks him, you know, who are you? And he looks at uh, Eric and he looks at Finale. He said, I'm a federal agent. <laughs> you kind of go, huh? <laughs> it's like... Really? I, I was waiting for him. I, I was waiting for him to say, and I'm bad. <laughs> That's yeah. right. I'm bad. Uh huh. You know it. You recognize it. So um, he goes off, and then Finola kind of talks to him and try to console him. And he says he has something to do. Again, having something to do, a task. And he's got to find someone. And it's this woman who uh, obviously has left him. And uh, he calls her and he asks her to stay. She's in a car heading out of town. She's on the highway. Pulls over takes the car. Thank you for pulling over to take the call. Yep. Thank you, J.H. and the other people to have her do that. And uh, she takes the call and, um, you know, stay, which I kind of thought, 
isn't that sweet? And then like five minutes later, I thought, but he was going to San Francisco. Maybe she doesn't want to go there. Yeah. I was just like, um, can, can you stay, but not in this town? Cause it's kind of messy. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this town's gone. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. It, it might not be good to live here. You might not be able to get to my place. Yeah. Right. And my place might be a little drafty after we get, after we get back. So, um, so I thought that was a nice moment. And then uh, later we see Brian telling uh, Craig, and I love the line where he says, well, I shot myself today, you know, <laughs> as if that was like something happy. He's being sarcastic. And I actually like Craig's line. He says, that must have really hurt you killing the person you care for the most. Yes. <laughs> I love <laughs> yeah, that That line. was kind of funny. That was great. That was great. I was like, hey, Craig made it funny. <laughs> and so Brian, when he says, you got anything, tells that Finola, he relays what Finola said to him that she sat with her father's body at the morgue. How's that possible? <laughs> so then Craig drops a bombshell. Oh, yeah. Maybe not. You don't know what he's doing. Is he really doing what he's what I'm saying he's going to say, or is he just giving a red herring? He then tells Brian that he has sent a team to London to exhume George Jones's body. So this ought to be interesting. Is he actually going to do that? And if so, because I don't trust that he's going to do it, but if so, will the body be there or not? Right. Mm. That'd be interesting to find out. Yep. And I do think he is going to actually do that. Yeah, I, I kind of, but I don't trust him, but I think he will. Yep. That's and why that, I think he'll do that. I yes. <laughs> I don't trust him. Yeah. And he'll probably find out something and not tell Brian or Brian, not tell, probably. yeah, or not tell Brian all of it, whatever it ends up being. Uh, and so then the end of the thing was another nice moment, brief, but a nice moment between Fanola and Brian, where she gets in the uh, car and gives Brian a bag, and the bag has peeps in it. <laughs> And Brian is sniffing them, you know, as if he was snorting crack or something, or snorting coke. So she tries one. She's a little hesitant. And he pops the whole one in his mouth. I was more renegade. I'd bite the head off first, and then I'd eat the body. So, uh, so she bites the head off, too. I like this gal. And she's like, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. You know, so uh, she didn't give any props to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, but it was nice that she enjoyed peeps. So I just and we'll, thinking, it's like if you never had a marshmallow before. Right. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's a sugar covered marshmallow. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> sugar covered sugar, essentially. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so, and that was how it ended. And, and, and I wanted to ask you guys, because even watching it and doing the, the rewatch to do the notes, the one word I couldn't get, did he say to her as, a, as the episode ended, buckle up or something? I, yeah, I didn't, that's is that what, what he, I okay. heard. Okay. Yep. Cause it just, both times it sounded garbled to me. And I was like, I'm, it would make sense he would say buckle up, but for some reason it didn't quite sound like the word buckle. So that's why I wanted to ask. So then he right. says buckle up. So, and you get, that strange look from him before he even says it as he's looking at her. Well, that like, yeah. what am I supposed to do? You know, he, do I say something? Do I not say something? Very conflicted. I think he enjoyed the very brief respite, and it was very brief sharing the peeps because then he didn't have to not talk about her right. dad. <laughs> and they had a nice light moment together, and she ends up liking something that he likes, you know. And so I thought he kind of enjoyed it, but you can still see he's like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do this. So, and then we fade to black. Good, yeah. good episode. Yeah, good, that is good, good, creepy, fringy episode. Yeah, love the clones. That was great. 
Well, mm. you know how we feel about this episode. We want to know how you feel. So shoot us an email at contact us at fangirlzone.com because we'd love to hear from you and we want to answer your questions and have you answer our questions because I know we mm-hmm. always have questions in all of our podcasts. So if you caught something we didn't, we would love to hear that as well. There you go. Yeah. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about this show, especially if they love sci-fi. They're going to dig this one. I, I totally think. Yeah. I mean, it has Fringe, mm-hmm. it has Orphan Black now, it has <laughs> X-Files, it has everything. What? What's not like? And it has Peeps. So, you know, there you go. Oh, you can't beat that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, of course, hope you're enjoying the podcast. And again, would love to hear from you. So let us know what you think. So for this episode of Falling Pieces, I am Sean Fangirl-S. And I'm still drawing circles imperfectly. I'm Terry. And I'm Steve. Am I ever all right? I shot myself today. <laughs> <laughs>